We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Saturday, the 26th day of December. The, December. <laughs> I wish, wish it was December at this point. The day after Christmas. It does yeah. feel like December, though. It, it does, doesn't it? The 26th day of February, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? And yes, it is February. It's not December. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Healthy alive. Um, I'm actually kind of glad. Even though, even though things are going crazy and we've got war in Ukraine and all kinds of crazy stuff going on, and I'm actually, I, I actually don't want to go back to December. I'm actually good with continuing on this timeline in the future. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am too. Let's just yeah. get this over with. Yeah, Let, let's yeah. just, let's just yeah. get this over with. Let's get on with it. We don't, going we don't back, have time for this. Yeah, going back in time only means it, it's going to, it's going to drag it out, and it's, you know, yeah. I was actually thinking about that earlier today. I'm like, you know what? We we really we don't have time for this nonsense. Like we're we're sitting here and we're we're going back and forth about all the science change on this today, the science change on that today. What are we going to do for restrictions here? Do we have masks here? Uh, do we put vaccine passports in here? Do we cancel them here? Shut up! We don't have time for this. We've got other things to do as a species. We've got other things to do. We've got better things to do than this. Really. The same, same thing with the police officer. The average cop out there, I, I'm just going to start in with this right off the bat. I'm just going to lay into the cops right off the bat. Do you understand if you stand down and you stand with the people, this ends? Do you get that? Do you get that yet? Do, do you understand how that works? If you stop enforcing whatever it is you think you're enforcing, this ends. We can get on with it. Understand your future gets destroyed in this too. You're not immune from this. You think you're going to get a pension? Nah. Nah. They don't have any interest in giving you a pension. They don't have any interest in giving you or your family or, or any, anybody that you know or associated with a life. You're in this with us. That's how it is. That's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. You stand down, this is over. It's that simple. And we can actually get to what needs to be gotten to so we can deal with this problem, try these people, and get over this and move on. We're still watching the events unfolding in the Ukraine. Some have decided to uh, to stay and fight. Uh, there are unconfirmed reports right now that we're seeing that, uh, again, it's, it's unconfirmed, but the Ministry of Defense, uh, excuse me, the defense minister in Poland just tweeted out a photo of what appears to be, in his words, a NATO convoy full of <clears throat> supplies that have just crossed the Ukrainian border, the Polish border with Ukraine going into Ukraine. What was it we were supposed to do again? Were, were we supposed to, were we supposed to not be in Ukraine or or something like that? Were, were we not supposed to, not, we weren't going to get involved or anything like that. And Zelensky made phone calls and all the, uh, all the answers were, were quiet and nothing happened. And hell, they're, they're passing out guns in uh, the Ukrainians. They're passing out guns in, in city centers saying anybody that wants to come down here, we're not going to check any papers or anything. We're going to stand and fight. That's admirable. I'll give you that. That's admirable. The Ukraine official claims that Russian troops have lost, ha, excuse me, have suffered nearly 3,000 casualties and lost hundreds of military vehicles and numerous aircraft. Do you buy it? We're, we're sitting here and we're trying to figure out right now. We, we've been wargaming here for the last hour and a half, literally, before we started, going through the swaths of just all this stuff coming out of the, the, the mainstream media and everything else, uh, and alt media and everything else, trying to figure out what's correct and what's not. I just posted a photo of all of the covers of British mainstream media today. All of them have the same photo, just like the boosted thing. Do you remember that? Everybody get boosted? They were all the same photo, just a little different. All of the mainstream media companies, all of the politicians, all of the sports stars, the celebrities, everything else, all in lockstep, as usual, just like COVID. That makes me curious, to say the least. That's a cause for concern. These are the same people that lied to you about Iraq. These are the same people that lied to you about Afghanistan, about Syria, about Libya. Now all of a sudden they're telling the truth? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Something stinks here. I smell a rat. I don't know what that rat is. 
We have some speculations on some research that I did today. We'll get to that shortly. But 3,000 casualties. Let's let's just start there. Bruce, you've been watching this. As a matter of fact, you brought this to my attention. I just so happened to go out and pull something right as you said that. Ukrainian government claimed that Russia has suffered about 3,000 troop casualties and lost 516 kinds of various military vehicles, which would fit because Marty says they don't retire any piece of equipment. They just add it to their roster and they create a new squadron and then yeah, it's, and it create a new unit. That's what they do. Uh, they've also lost 80 tanks, 10 airplanes, and seven helicopters on Friday. Do you buy it? So some of the other reporting, uh, <laughs> supposedly six of those aircraft are from one fighter pilot in Ukraine. What? And apparently this one fighter pilot, they're calling the ghost of Ukraine or something like that. Um, supposedly he's a lone fighter pilot that's gone in and shot down these guys and... Uh, I don't know. Um, they film it a Marvel possible, movie there or something, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he got lucky in it and shot down some like um, some Heinz or something, you know, uh, jet against aircraft uh, helicopter or something. But as you said, some of the equipment is old, and we did give them javelins under uh, Trump. So you know, the land vehicles, the air vehicles getting shot down. Yeah, no surprise. Javelins can do that, uh, both air and land. And you could have a squad of two people do it and they would never know. They would never know it's coming until it's too late. And by the time the missile is locked on and fired, uh, those things are radar and IR both in tandem. It, it fire and forget there. You're not going to countermeasure it. No, uh, there's no chaff uh, right now. That. You did notice that some of the video we were playing yesterday, some of the B-roll we had going on uh, on the screen behind us, we were we were seeing the uh, the Heinz that were flying over uh, a certain town and they were just cha- they were just dropping chaff the entire time, the entire time as they were coming across. So there has to be anti-air in there, as you said. And Poroshenko, Petro Poroshenko, the former president of the Ukraine, was on, <laughs> would you believe it? he was on CNN of all places, and he's taken command of a uh, of a small group uh, in Kiev, and um, they've they've got some AK forty sevens they're out there with. They've got some in laws, uh, and that's that's what they're out there with. Uh, this was him on CNN. Mr. President, can you tell me what you and the group you are with right now there are armed with, and what your intention is if the Russians roll uh, in the next few hours? Easy. Just my assistance here. Here, this is the short Kalashnikov. We have just uh, let me see a before and low uh, on the 300 uh, uh, members of the battalion of the territorial defense, and we have uh, two machine gun, and we have uh, more or less that's it. We don't have any heavy artilleries. We don't have a tanks. We don't have an armed personal carrier because we launched this process just a couple of days ago. I say they're putting up, if that's indeed true, um, and these numbers that we're seeing are correct, I'd say they're putting up one hell of a fight, to be honest with you. Also, the other thing that the Ukrainians want is they want to pull them into urban warfare because uh, their tactics that they're going to have to use currently, guerrilla warfare, is going to work very well in the cities. And Russia cannot go in and have mass, mass casualties of civilians because the Russian populace will then turn against them as well. So it, it's not going to play for them to go in and start doing, you know, urban warfare. The Ukrainians, the best bet for them to, is to prolong the battles and bring them into uh, urban environments. So, you know, the, the firepower that they have, they can, um, you know, do some damage uh, versus those vehicles. And as you said, those vehicles are all older, you know, not all of them, but, you know, they have old vehicles and newer vehicles and all the weapons that they have will be effective against the older vehicles. And if they send in the, like the newer tanks and whatnot, they do have javelins. They do have other armaments that they're giving. And there's the possibility of IEDs. Um, you know, you know how effective IEDs were against our vehicles. Um, against the Russians that have older technology than we do, yeah, that would be pretty devastating. So, yeah, I imagine they can put up a good fight in the urban environment um, and, and take out many of those vehicles. And we also sent a lot of anti-air weapons to them. So, you know, shooting down those uh, older aircraft, no surprise, troop transports, those kind of things. And that could be some of the ground casualties that they were seeing as well, is taking out a troop transport helicopter and, you know, taking out the crew and, and the... I mean, we've seen footage of some of the helicopters that were downed and, you know, and the damage they sustained. Yeah. And it does look like it was, um, you know, anti-air. 
I did see if some video of those uh, those helicopters that were shot down, and a couple of helicopter gunships were brought down, uh, and a couple of transport helicopters were brought down, uh, and a couple of planes as well. I, I saw that were that were brought down, uh, but. Again, you're saying that, uh, yeah, it, okay, it, it works against the uh, the old stuff, but imagine if that shipment that the uh, the defense minister from Poland, if he's saying that, that that's a NATO arms shipment, and now we're hearing, again, we're, we just saw some video coming out of supposedly Moscow, we're trying to verify it, of uh, ICBMs that are being moved. Again, we don't know exactly where they're headed, but uh, as you said, the Russian military, they're always moving stuff. They always have logistical convoys going every which way. You never know where they're going. But this was a little bit of a cause for concern uh, for me. They've apparently taken over Chernobyl. Now, we did mention that yesterday, but it wasn't really the topic of conversation too much because I saw it out of a couple of places and I thought, all right, all right. Yeah, it's a couple of places that that I I mean, they've never had confirmed stuff before. I mean, I've looked into some of the stuff they posted before and I'm like, all right, that's just a bunch of crackpot stuff. So I've never been able to trust that as a reliable source. However, the Washington Examiner has a piece out on it. Uh, Bruce, you found a piece out of Washington Post, was it? Uh, now, I, I know that Washington Post, heavily enhanced by the CCP, but nonetheless, they are a established outlet for what you would consider to be, well, what some would consider to be news. Uh, but as you can see behind me here, this is clearly Russian troops at Chernobyl. There's the sarcophagus back there, or whatever was formerly the sarcophagus. I don't know what this new thing is called, but uh, they're there. Those are Russian troops. Those are Russian troop transports. Those are Russian tanks. That looks like a T-90. So clearly they're there. Uh, and they, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is they're actually doing. Uh, I don't know for what purpose. But from what we've seen, at least from the uh, uh, the radiation measurements, it is rather alarming to see that number climbing. What does that mean? So, uh, yeah, radiation levels have increased uh, 20 times in some some locations. Um, it's probably from all the heavy equipment they had moving through there, kicking up the radioactive dust and whatnot. Um, the speculation from the Ukrainians is they're going to use that as blackmail against both Ukrainians and NATO. That, that, that's hold what they speculate. They're going to hold a hostage. So they're going to. Yeah. I and see. I see. They don't. They also don't want any kind of, uh, for example, if that uh, dome, the sarcophagus there was to happen to have a breach, you wouldn't want that for Europe. Now, would you? I mean, so I, I could see them doing something like that. If you look at the the radiation that uh, the the path of the radiation there, um, it it moves. Um, now it could be because of the border, and it could be because of um, where they have their their uh, sensors uh, and everything. It didn't show where the ones were in Russia, but it's very possible that those um, uh, the the radiation is pushed in a westward direction because that's what the sensors when you, when you look at the the exclusion zone that looks like that's what's happened is the radiation has moved yeah. more in a westward direction the, if that's true um, yeah, you know that's what it was in chernobyl it it kind of circled around as a matter of fact nobody knew during that time back in 86 i think it was nobody knew during that time what was actually going on the radiation alarms went off in i believe it was stockholm all the way up in Stockholm in Sweden, they went off up there and they thought that oh, yeah, it was that right. Yeah, they thought it was one of their reactors or one of the French reactors or something. And then they thought, no, well, they took a sample and then they they were able to figure out that it only came from a certain kind of reactor. It was whatever that reactor was, that that high pressure reactor or whatever it was that they that they used there. And there was only one country that used that kind of nuclear technology. We deemed it to be too dangerous. That's why we never used it. And then once they figured out that it came from a high pressure reactor, they knew it was coming from inside Russia or inside the Soviet Union. Uh, rather, it was actually in Ukraine, but it was under the Soviet Union at the time. But uh, we're going to we're going to go down this path again. We're going to go down this road again. You're going to hold people hostage with this. At, at least that's the speculation at this point. I don't know one way or the other. I'm speculating whether or not Putin is is actually playing for his own interests or is he playing for this great reset stuff with Klaus Schwab? Klaus has said that he is a young global leader, right? I mean, Klaus Schwab is a lot of things, but up to this point, I, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, I, I don't think Klaus is a liar. Do you? Do you think Klaus is a liar? I think he's deceptive. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't yeah, make him a liar. I, I do. Okay. So to be a good deception con artist, you do have to lie. So yeah, I do think he's telling the truth in many things. But at the same time, he's 
Uh, a good lie has truth mixed in. It's True. sprinkled with truth. True. So I, I think he's, I think he's, I do think he's a liar, but I think okay. most of the time he's telling the truth. It's only when he wants to try to get his agenda across would he, you know, lie because it's about the end goal, right? Ends justify the means. And mm-hmm. I, I think he's not above lying. And we do know that he is a great admirer of V.I. Lennon. That we know. He has a bust of him in his office. It's not a Photoshop. Would fit with the old form of Soviet communism, right? Putin is supposedly a young global leader, yet I'm not saying that I, that I, uh, that I don't believe it. But at the same time, the research that we've done into this group thus far, we haven't seen him at any meetings yet. So is he part of it or is he not? Has he gone rogue? Some people speculate that. I was talking to GP on the phone today. He thinks that he's gone rogue. Marty seems to think the same thing, that he's possibly gone rogue. But then again, when I talked about Putin yesterday, I talked about his his ascension to power when he was head of the KGB. You have to take this into consideration. Top people at these intelligence organizations around the world are always playing two, three, and four sides. They're always doing that. So is Putin playing his side, which I, I honestly, I think that that is that goes without saying. Of course, he's playing his side. He has to look out for his interests first. That I understand. But then people say, oh, wait, you're pro-Putin. No, I'm, I'm pro-truth. I'm pro-we the people. I don't want war. I don't want endless human suffering. I don't want illegalities and, and injustice taking place in the world. Putin broke international law by invading a sovereign nation. He violated the Geneva Convention. That's on him. So no, I'm not pro-Putin. But I'm trying to understand the larger game that's being played. I want to understand what's happening in the east of Ukraine. I want to understand what China's role is going to be in this. Putin, by doing this, and I also heard this thrown around today, Putin, by doing this, was he set up? The West has been poking and prodding at Russia for how long now? Five years? Six years? Poking them with a stick. And people like us, the, the, the voices of sanity, not only us, but others like us, have been saying, leave the Russians alone. Why do you sick, degenerate elites want war with Russia so damn bad? Are you that insane? Well, I guess that kind of goes without saying. But Putin has now stepped into that room, so to speak, hasn't he? He's crossed the line. Now comes the game that gets played after he's crossed the line. Since he's done this, there's no going back. There's no going back for what Putin has done. There's no going back. You can put sanctions on Russia all day long. It's not really going to matter, quite frankly. We're sanctioning a country economically and, and all that stuff. Okay, and financially or whatever. Okay, fine. But we're still buying oil from them. The U.S. is, is one of the largest net importers of Russian oil and gas. What are economic sanctions going to do? The answer is nothing. It's pointless. It's ridiculous. Actually, no, economic sanctions are going to make it more expensive for us. Well, yeah, average person raise the price. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So when they're sanctioning Russia, they're actually sanctioning you. Yeah. 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 So uh, real quick to your to your point about what he's doing. Yeah. What if this was what if the world what if the World Economic Forum, the young global leader stuff, what if he got into that just to see um, just to see what it was all about? Just to, uh, you know, as, as you were saying, kind of espionage kind of a thing, you know, get in there, get in the good graces of them, see what the West, see how they're trying to destroy the Western world and how you can play that to your advantage. Like China. I, I think he's very much about Russia and, and Russian interests first. He's very nationalistic in that sense, I think. I don't think he's, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's more of a nationalistic side of things and his own um, oligarchy okay. in the sense of. Enriching okay. himself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair um, but I think he's working with China, as, as you said. I, I think there's that going on as well. So, yeah, that, that, so, that's kind of a what I think anyway. OK, no, that's a, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment, because, I mean, play, playing that that out. I mean, that makes that makes sense, because we know that China's got a lot of people in the WEF as well. There are a lot of young global leaders in there that are uh, that are Chinese nationals. As I said, a lot. That's what. Yeah, a lot. That's what they'll do. They'll get in. They'll get into those organizations like that. And they'll subvert them. I think that's what they're doing. They're trying to get in there and, and get access to all the gameplays that are being made to use it to their own advantage. But what happens now? What happens now? Now that Putin has has crossed the line, he stepped through that door. The door's closed behind him now. There's no going back. Now he's given these six psychotics in the West everything that they need. Schwab and company have been doing what? Warning about what? Cyber attacks, right? 
We know the financial crisis is coming. The currency and the capital markets can't sustain this any longer. The bodies are piling up from COVID. They can't hide those anymore either. The all-cause mortality rate in Western nations, mainly the U.S. and Germany that we have from the insurance companies, those numbers aren't looking good at all. Even if you go by the VAERS yeah. database in the U.S., it's not looking good. Yeah, it's um, if you compare this year compared to, well, the last year, right, fiscal year, ending, I think it was January of this year, it's up uh, like 40% or something like that. It's really high um, as far as the uh, all-cause mortality. So, yeah, it, it's um, it's odd. Af right after a pandemic uh, and we have a vaccine, um, the in the year of the pandemic, you know, when it was peaking, uh, we didn't see an increase in all-cause mortality. But then after we get a vaccine for this, we do see an uptick and a very large uptick. Um, I, I don't know what that could be caused by. Um, I don't know. Could, could you? Uh, hmm. It's a short list of what that could be caused by. It's a short list. But now they have to start with the next phase. You see, COVID's taken a backseat. Flip on any mainstream media channel. I don't care which one. Flip on any of them, whatever country you're from. Are they talking about COVID? Any of them? Here, where I'm at, it's like it didn't exist. Everything's about Ukraine now. You see, Putin gave him exactly what they needed. Now he's going to be the boogeyman for everything, for everything, for the cyber attacks, for the energy crisis, for the rolling blackouts, for the food shortages. It's all going to be his fault. He gave him exactly what they needed. So did he do it on purpose or... And this is just a question. I have no opinion one way or the other. I want to get to the truth of the matter. That's what I want to do. Did he do it on purpose or was he set up? Did he take the bait that they laid out for him or was it something more? Again, I've got something else on that. My own research. We'll get into that shortly. But now you have people in the mainstream media, old relics, throwing it out there on what we should do to retaliate. But before I get to that, Bruce, you remember dear old Klaus back in June of 2020 about the cyber attacks. And remember, they ran Cyber Polygon in May just this past year. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was May. Could have been a couple of months after, but they, they ran it. It was sometime in the spring, summer. What is Cyber Polygon? Well, Cyber Polygon was wargaming a cyber pandemic. We've been seeing that all over. Hell, the Ukraine got hit with cyber pan, or, uh, with a cyber attack, what, a couple of days ago? U.S. and uh, and Russian interest have been getting hit the last couple of days. I think they're just kind of beta testing a little bit here and a little bit there, see what they can get away with, see what kind of disruption they can cause. Klaus Schwab, June of 2020. Remember, you hear nothing now of COVID, do you? That phase is over. They're moving on to the next. Pay attention. But still, pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Seems pretty clear, doesn't it? You see, they run these yeah. war games. Yeah, it does. They, they run these war games openly. They tabletop all this stuff. They have some sick code about themselves where they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. And it also gives them legal cover, gives them plausible deniability. So when it does happen, nearly the way that they wargame it, oddly enough, every single time, look at Event 201. When they wargame these things, and then it does actually happen that's probably behind the scenes pulled off by them or their black hat hackers that they have working for them at one of their foundations, it gives them plausible deniability. Well, see, we wargame this. Here's all of our all of our results on it. And and uh, we warned about this. That's what we were trying to do. You want to make a point on that? Go ahead. To, to that point, I think it's I think it's just like our media. So the government says, hey, we're going to do this X, Y and Z. And the media is they just jump on board and, you know, carry the water for them. I think it's kind of a similar situation. I don't think these organizations are working directly with them. I, I think it's a I think that the organizations are World Economic Forum says, uh, there's going to be a cyber pandemic. And then the black hat, you know, the, the the hacker groups out there are like, 
yeah, this would be a good time that we, you know, kick off. We can we can use this as cover because they're saying that governments are going to be doing this. We could we could jump on board. And I, I think it's going to empower them because they've all been taught the same ide- ideology. They've all in the West, everybody's been taught the same Marxist ideology, more or less in the colleges and universities. So you have these people that are skilled with this. You have other groups that think the entire system needs to be burned down. So why not? Yeah, that's uh, a good idea. Let's do it. And so they get groups together and they go off and they do their little hacking adventures, whatever. And honestly, it doesn't take much to hack into stuff nowadays. Uh, The security level that everything has, uh, frankly, a 13 year old that goes on and just goes to YouTube and uh, is is learning the basics on how to hack. They can they can break into different companies and servers and whatnot. It's not as difficult as you might think. Well, now you have groups that are popping up saying things like this. This was a tweet that was put out yesterday evening called Anonymous. The Anonymous Collective is officially in a cyber war against the Russian government. Hashtag Anonymous, hashtag Ukraine. Huh, strange how that that organization just pops up. And then, then you have NBC News yesterday in the United States who runs with the story openly saying that the Biden administration and Biden himself were presented with plans to commit a massive cyber attack on the Russian Federation. Why would you make that public? Why on earth, even if you're talking about it, why would you discuss that publicly? Why would you have the media run with it? Are you are you people this stupid? The, I, I don't yeah, think ahead. they actually have that on the table. I don't think okay. that's actually right. something they're going to do. And the reason I say that is because they made it public. Uh, I, I, because they made it public, I don't think they were intending to do it at all. I think they're inten- the intentions of putting that out there is to get the hacker groups to go, we can use this as cover. The gov- we could blame the government for doing this. Cover our tracks, leave uh, you know, incriminating evidence or something behind to point to the government and say, it was the government. We didn't do it. You know? and, and you could get away with uh, doing it. Ransomware groups are now saying they're going to target anyone uh, helping Ukraine. So, I mean, you have both sides uh, saying they're going to do this. They're going to target anything that makes our day. Basically, with cyber warfare, you can hit civilian populaces and make their lives inconvenient. And by that inconvenience, it will cause the civilian populace to sour towards any kind of conflict or any kind of war or any kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, sanctions or any of those kind of things. So I, I think this is, yeah, I, I, I could see this is more being a trying to okay, it's trying to green light other hacker groups to go off and do it. I don't think the government is, frankly, I don't think the government is competent enough to go off and go do hacking stuff. But, uh, you know, well, we do know that the offices in D.C. of the intelligence communities, if you will, they've seen more traffic than any other D.C. firm at the moment. I mean, Bruce, you remember seeing all those all those cars that are that are in the offices. They're not working from home. They're not doing remote uh, remote call ins. True. And the other thing, the I will concede and say they were right in saying that the Russians were going to attack. They were right. The Russians did attack. However, I don't think it was because they had any intelligence that said no. the Russians were in attack. I think it was they were basically Russia was bullied into. They were strong armed into attacking Ukraine. You're basically, that's what I think happened. You? You're pro Putin, aren't you? With that response, you're you're pro Putin. That's what I've been getting all day. I've been getting that for two days now. I'm like, they've been gouging Russia with a sharp stick for six years. Think of it like this. You have a home. OK, let's say you're in your house and someone who you don't know shows up at your front door and says, I'm going to move in right here on your porch. And you're not going to get rid of me. By the way, that's NATO. And by the way, um, I'm going to aim this machine gun at you every day that you come out the door. I'm not going to pull the trigger, but I'm just going to aim this machine gun at you. Well, if I'm coming out of my house every day and I've got some some SOB who is on my front porch aiming a machine gun at me every day, I might put up with that for a day or two and say, all right, you crazy loon, just get the hell out of here kind of thing. But eventually, if it continues on, I'm going to rear back and I'm going to knock his teeth out. Uh, I, I To be fair, if, if somebody was on my front porch doing that. Well, I'm just saying, as an example, that's uh, that's the best analogy I can come up with off the top of my head at, the, at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, if you're on the front porch, that means you're on my property, which means it would be in Russia. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it. to be, so I, I, I would, if, it, if he was on the sidewalk doing that, um, I might put up with it for a day. 
I don't know that that one's a tough one because you can't legally uh you can't legally dispose <laughs> oh, of him. Yeah, that's that's true. That yeah, that's true. But I get a little nervous when I hear because we're we're entering the realm of cyber warfare, right? Economic, biological, and cyber wars of the future. We're now entering cyber warfare. We're coming out of biological, which I wholeheartedly believe that that's still going on. But we'll get to that in just a minute. But I hear this from the cyber side of things, right? I hear this from a very disturbing individual, and I would also argue a very disturbed individual as well. Hillary Clinton was on MSNBC on Morning Joe talking about what the U.S. should do to Russia. What can we do as a country to encourage and support those people? David, that's a great question. And uh, even though I did not encourage the demonstrations back in 2011, uh, I did point out on behalf of our country that they were in response to uh, what was an obvious uh, effort by Putin to stay in power and to literally rig his elections. Now we are looking at Russians once again in the streets. They don't want a war with Ukraine. There's a lot of family and other connections between Russians and Ukrainians. I think we can have both what I would argue for uh, government support, but also non-governmental support. There were reports overnight that uh, Anonymous, uh, a group of hackers, took down Russian uh, TV. Uh, I think that, you know, people who love freedom, people who understand that, you know, our way of life depends upon uh, supporting uh, those who believe in freedom as well, could be engaged in uh, cyber uh, support for uh, those in the streets in Russia. We did some of that during uh, the Arab Spring when I was Secretary of State. I think we oh, could be also well. attacking a lot of the uh, government institutions and, uh, again, the oligarchs and their, uh, you know, their way of life through cyber attacks. And it will be difficult to get actual physical support, but I think we should be looking at that. I mean, the old days of, you know, radio-free Europe and getting and beaming in uh, accurate information into the homes of Russians. We should be doing everything we can now online to replicate that. It will be very difficult for Putin to plug all the holes in that dike. Information going into uh, Russia about what Putin is actually doing with this unprovoked attack on Ukraine can keep people, you know, energized. And I think that's something that we should be doing, as I say, both through our government, but also individuals who have the capacity to do that. Our tech companies should not be aiding Russia in this attack in any way. They should be aiding those who are standing for freedom, which, after all, is something that, uh, you know, they're supposed to be on the side of. Now, see, Bruce, you see, she's on the side of freedom. She, she's on the side of freedom. We should be, according to her, we should be attacking uh, Russian government institutions with cyber attacks. We should be uh, attacking the oligarchs. We should be uh, attacking their infrastructure openly saying this. And, and you, you know, it worked out so well when she was secretary of state with the Arab Spring. You see how well that turned out. Yeah, that was um, uh, enlightening for those of you that didn't know that um, they did that during the Arab Spring. Uh, but uh, the fact that you're calling for it now, I, I, I don't have the proper words. By, by opening the door and, uh, you know, declaring war on them uh, with cyber warfare, um, they're going to do the same to us. And we have not prepared our country for cyber war. I do. No, we, we just haven't. Corporations aren't ready for it. Uh, our power grid isn't ready for it. We're not ready for it. The government isn't even ready for it. No, that was that was a stupid, dumbass move on her part to, to call for it. And honestly, the, the thing is, though, this fits the, the World Economic Forum's agenda. This fits the there's going to be a cyber pandemic. And by declaring war, this is basically it's the Cold War. You're threatened to nuke uh, Russia. Russia's threatening to nuke you. And all the politicians are saying, we're launching nukes. We're going to launch nukes. Not only are we going to launch nukes, but we're going to empower the, civil, uh, the civilian populace to go and launch nukes. That, that, that's basically what's going on here. And now they're, we're going to go about nuking each other with uh, the cyber pandemic. Absolutely a poor use of of a tool uh, for human progress, you know, for us going into the future. Why the hell are we doing this? This makes absolutely no sense. Death rose of the establishment. Yeah, maybe. uh, I don't know. I mean, scorched earth. Part of me, it is scorched earth, but part of me is fine with 
the government being the ones shut down. I'm fine if if Russia wants to go in and shut down the entirety of our government system. Okay. <laughs> I mean, save us the trouble. We, we've gone through that. It, it doesn't yeah, save us. It choice. does exactly. I mean, shut it down. We'll take it from here. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Hope you visit Disney World on your way out. We've gone through multiple government shutdowns and had no problems. Life went on as normal without government running. So, uh, you know, I already think most of the departments in the government anyway are illegal, and most of the departments in the government should be run by local states at a local level. Um, so. Those officials shouldn't be there in, in Washington, D.C. right now. Um, they should be in the states of their origin and helping the state uh, better themselves, protect themselves and push America into the future. I agree. I agree. So on the other side of the coin, let's talk about this <clears throat> unprovoked attack, shall we? Unprovoked. Was it? I just got done saying that you've been poking them for better part of six, seven years now, trying to get them to do something. And they finally did. And so you got them to play. But what if there was another reason? I'm going to present you with another idea. You're going to you're going to have to do your own research on this. I pulled this today and I'll go over everything I pulled. I'll post everything I pulled. I'll tell you exactly where I pulled it from. But you as the listener, you're going to have to make up your own mind on this one. All we're doing is presenting possibilities here. This is some food for thought, if you will. So I ran across a map last night as Bruce and I and Marty were talking. And clearly, uh, Bruce, as you can see this, this is a map of all the key points that Russia has uh, the Russian forces have hit inside the Ukraine. There are red stars on each one of those points. Uh, again, I will be posting this up on our uh, up on our Telegram page for those who are subscribed to us there. Of course, those of you who are listening to us today on Saturday, you'll be able to scroll down just a little bit and see this. But each one of these points are targets which Russian forces have hit. What's significant about some, not all, could possibly be all, but I don't know. Not the ones I was able to confirm anyway. What is significant about these points that they have hit? Well, it's very interesting. If you cross-reference this map with another map that I ran across, and you should have seen a look on Marty's face when I showed him this today, apparently we have some other operations going on in Ukraine besides money laundering. There's another map out there that shows the locations of U.S. bioresearch facilities inside Ukraine, and they just so happen to correspond with many of the places that have been targeted by Russian forces. U.S. biolabs in Ukraine, and they're financed at the expense of, guess who? The Department of Defense. The laboratories are located in Odessa, Venetia. Sorry if I mess up some of these. This is very difficult trying to get them into English. Uzgorod. They have three in Lviv. They have three in Kiev, one in Kherson, Temopil, and one near Crimea and Luhansk. Something about Luhansk, I'm not sure. Is there something about Luhansk and Crimea here in the last couple of days? Something significant about those places? I'm not sure. And two other possible locations in Kharkiv and Mykolaiv. That's a lot of places. That's a lot of bioresearch facilities. Now, when I saw this map, I thought, all right, that could be just some crazy conspiracy theory or whatever, right? Well, I did a little bit more digging because, well, curiosity, right? That's just what you have to do. You have to verify these things when you see them. So I toddled on over to the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine's website. Quite clearly, Bruce, you can see this. That's the official website, you know, ua.usembassy.gov, U.S. Embassy of Ukraine, put out by the U.S. State Department. And it says, it's titled, Biological Threat Reduction Program. The U.S. Department of Defense's Biological Threat Reduction Program collaborates with partner countries to counter the threat of outbreaks. Listen to this. Deliberate, accidental, or natural of the world's most dangerous infectious diseases. The program accomplishes its biothreat reduction mission. Yeah, see, it's, it's a threat reduction mission. You see that? Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're building these things so we can reduce uh, the, the threat to people, be it a deliberate or accidental or, or natural, right? The program accomplishes its biothreat reduction mission through development of a bio-risk management culture, international research partnerships, and partner capacity for enhanced biosecurity, biosafety, and biosurveillance measures. The Biological Threat Reduction Program's priorities in Ukraine are to consolidate and secure pathogens and toxins of security concern and to continue to ensure Ukraine can detect and report outbreaks caused by dangerous pathogens before they pose security or stability threats. Why isn't this on the six o'clock news? Oh, and by the way, they also mention in this all of the locations that I just mentioned on that map where they have facilities. So it's not some crazy conspiracy theory. There it is in black and white. 
their own admission of guilt, quite frankly. So I got to look in a little bit further. Newsweek. Take that for what you will. Newsweek. April 8th of 2021. So about a year ago. It's been about 11 months ago. Vladimir Putin's advisor says the U.S. is developing biological weapons near Russia. Why wasn't that talked about? Oh, yeah, they wrote an article somewhere, but it just kind of, oh, yeah, nothing to see here. Move along. Russian President Vladimir Putin's chief security advisor has said that Moscow has good reason to believe the U.S. is developing biological weapons along the borders of Russia and China. Nikolai Petrushev, who is the secretary of Russian Security Council, made the comments during an interview with the newspaper Kommersant, in which journalist Elena Chernenko asked him about claims that China had deliberately caused the coronavirus pandemic. In his response, he said, defending Beijing... I suggest that you look at how more and more biological laboratories under U.S. control are growing considerably in the world and by a strange coincidence, mainly by the Russian and Chinese borders. Well, he also forgot to mention inside China as well. Now, he didn't name any specific countries per se that the U.S. is doing this in, but he did say that, and I'm quoting, Americans help local scientists develop new ways to fight dangerous diseases. Isn't that what we did in Wuhan? Isn't that what we did in the labs in Ukraine from the State Department's own website, saying the DOD financed all of it? And you can bet that Anthony Fauci's name is behind a lot of that at the NIH. We and our Chinese partners have questions. We are told that there are peaceful sanitary, yes, yeah, sanitary, Wuhan, yeah, tell me about sanitary there. What, what was that, a dentist's office? Dentist's office was cleaner? Sanitary and epidemiological stations near our borders. But for some reason, they are more and more reminiscent of Fort Detrick in Maryland, where Americans have been working in the field of military biology for decades. That part's true. The original samples, as a matter of fact, there was a book on it. And again, this is open source information. There was a book that was written on it called Biowarfare and Terrorism by Dr. Francis Boyle. He wrote and had passed the Biological Weapons Convention, which all nations, the U.S. and China included, including Ukraine and Russia, they all signed on to it, making the development of biological weapons illegal under international law under threat of imprisonment for the rest of their natural lives for anyone involved. That's the penalty. However, this letter that's on the front of this, Bruce, you see this, right? This was the letter, this is a copy, obviously, of the letter that was sent to Senator Daschle that contained the anthrax after 9-11. You remember that? I and do. as they, yeah, and as they analyzed those samples, and Boyle makes, makes mention of this in the book, as they analyzed those samples, they were able to determine where that anthrax came from. And it came from Fort Detrick, Maryland. So I don't think that the... Uh, the secretary here is incorrect when he makes that comment about Fort Detrick, backed up right here, albeit in a different case, but it's backed up right here in this book. I suggest you pick up a copy of this book. It was only $12 or $11, whatever I paid for it on Amazon. Biowarfare and Terrorism, Francis A. Boyle. It's a great book. Not too long. It's about 150 pages. When asked directly if he believed the Americans are developing biological weapons... Petrushchev said, we have good reason to believe that this is exactly the case. U.S. State Department spokesman, who runs the website that I just quoted previous to this article, dismissed the accusations as groundless. Oh, it's groundless, you see. It's, it's groundless. It's not the fact that the State Department just openly admitted it that I just read that you'll be able to see for yourself. He also said in a statement that the State Department spokesman that this is the latest in a long series of allegations that the U.S. collaboration with foreign partners on public health matters. Russia is making efforts to deflect attention from their own noncompliance, as most recently seen with the poisoning of Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny with an illegal chemical weapon. It is Russia, not the United States, that has a record of noncompliance with both Chemical Weapons Convention and the Biological Weapons Convention, which I just mentioned. Funny how that happens. Now, this is nothing but a tit-for-tat argument. They go back and forth quoting each other and smacking each other in the face and all the rest of it. So I'm not going to go on with that. The fact is, is that they were doing biological research in the Ukraine. And those are the targets that the Russians hit. Well, the, at least the strikes that they did were the same. The same location. General okay, location. Yeah, right. yeah. Same location. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll we don't know for sure if the compounds were hit because we can't get any accurate information out of there. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right on that. But again, I'm just giving you more food for thought. And everything that I just said is, is backed up by documented. You know, it's not just me blowing smoke. We go by what we can confirm. It's all open source. It's not some crazy crackpot, connect the dots and, and this and that. So why did Putin go in to Ukraine? Why did he break international law? Was it as simple as him being baited into it? Or was there more to it? 
did they have the actual intelligence in there? And you know that they probably had intelligence. They probably had intel ops in there. Of course they did. We know that Ukraine has a lot of corruption. We know that Joe Biden has been involved in there for years. He's got deals with the CCP. Nancy Pelosi's got deals. With, hell, Nancy Pelosi doesn't even know where Ukraine is. She says that Hungary's surrounded by the Russians. She's up there. What? She's had what? Four or five Adderall today and a bottle of vodka before she gets in front of a camera? It's embarrassing. So if anybody... If there's anybody to blame here, quite frankly, I think, well, there's, there's, I, uh, you know what, I, we could point fingers, we could point a lot of fingers here, but I want to be specific. The Ukrainian people are the ones that are caught in the middle of this. The Ukrainian people don't want war. We in the West, we don't want war. The Russian people don't want war. These people that are in our elected offices or, or whatever in the hell, the ones that, are, that don't give a damn about you or me or your family or anybody else, they don't speak for us any longer. Rather, that's an authoritarian government or an oligarchy or, or a banking establishment or, or a, a private interest group like the Gates Foundation or, or the World Economic Forum or what the hell ever. They don't speak for us any longer. They are irrelevant. They're the past. We don't have time for this. We've got other things to do. So the question now becomes, where do we go from here? There are two parallels that are running that I see anyway. You've got the populations of the Western nations that are in revolt against their governments. The governments are conveniently ignoring that. You notice that? They're not paying any mind to the protests that are going on, on out there in the streets. Instead, they want you focused on the Ukraine. The poor Ukrainians are caught in the middle of this, and you can't blame them. You really can't. You can't blame them. I, I, at least I don't. You got a lot of corruption in that country. The size of the network that the Obama administration set up in the Ukraine was horrendous. It was horrendous. And I'll bet when you start going back, you'll probably find out that's when a lot of this funding for a lot of these labs went up as well. We don't have the paperwork or the receipts on that yet. We'll see what we can do on it. But now comes a point where this could really get out of hand. It could come unraveled and it could have wider implications. No one's talking about China. Everyone's focused on Russia, Putin. That's where they want you to be focused. Yes, I'm paying attention to that, as should you. But you should also be paying attention to what they're not saying. There are two fronts here that they're waging war on that they are not paying attention to. They want you redirected at the Ukraine. And don't give me this crap from any of these, these ridiculous lying sacks that are in your governments that are saying, oh, we have to respect the sovereignty of Ukraine. You've been doing everything for the last 30 years, minimum, to tear down our borders. You don't give a damn about immigration. You don't give a damn about helping our own people. And now all of a sudden we're, we're concerned about the, the sovereignty of another nation when you don't care about your own? The whole concept of the World Economic Forum is there are no borders. Antifa walks the streets of America chanting no borders, no wall, no USA at all. And then you have the people that support them in the political offices come out and say, we have to respect the sovereignty of other nations. Bit hypocritical, maybe? Just a little bit? Yeah, just a little. And, and also Canada. I, I want to point to them again. Trudeau doing his crackdowns, the fascistic stuff. And then he says, we stand with Ukraine's freedoms. Oh, yeah. We stand against authoritarianism. Yeah, it's it's completely ridiculous. We're taking measures to stop these illegal blockades when they're literally creating the blockade, keeping you from going to work and living your life. That's too rich. I wonder, you know what? That's another podcast. Who's really running Canada? I don't think it's Trudeau. The more I think on it, I don't think it's Trudeau. I think it's that whatever that that creature that's his deputy or whatever, uh, Freeland or whatever her name is. I think that's the one that's really running the country. But that again, another cause. I, I, I still think it's Schwab. Personally, well, I, th yeah, I, I think yeah, I think they Schwab both are answering to the same yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. That I think it kind of goes without saying, but I think she's actually the one that's calling the shots and making sure that he does what he's supposed to do because she's in place. Remember, she's high up on the World Economic Forum board. He's not. She actually holds a board seat. He doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's actually a fair point. Yeah, she's the one having conferences and and sitting up there leading meetings on the stages in Davos with Larry Fink of BlackRock. So it's not Trudeau. Another topic for another day. I've got video of that. We'll get to that next week. But I'm not paying attention to what these these sorry sacks of failure. I'm not paying attention to what they want me to pay attention to. Yes, I'm all with the people of Ukraine. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. They've got tremendous courage to stand out there in the streets and arm up and defend their homelands. I stand with them in that fact. I would do the same, quite frankly. If they were passing out guns in the town square and they said, we don't care we don't care what your background is. We don't care. Just get down here. We need to defend our town. We need to defend our home. I'd be down there. I'd be the first guy in line down there getting a gun. You better believe it. So I stand with the people that are standing up for their homes because this isn't right. But what I'm also paying attention to is what they don't want you to pay attention to. They don't want you to pay attention to Hong Kong. 
Have you seen lately what the Hong Kong citizens are being made to do? Seven and a half million mandatory COVID-19 tests. Why? We know that those tests don't work. We know that they're wholeheartedly inaccurate. It's now going to give them an opportunity to disappear people to the mainland and to move on Hong Kong. The Taiwanese scrambled an entire squadron today because a, was it two squads that, that breached their airspace? Chinese fighters? Uh, yeah, there was there was two two separate incidents. I think one of them, the first one was only a couple aircraft or a few. And the second one, I think, was like six or eight that, that uh, breached. So You've got Schwab talking about a cyber pandemic, which I firmly believe that's in the cards. That's coming. That is coming. There's no doubt about that now. That's coming. They're desperate. They've been exposed here. They got caught. And so now all bets are off. You've got war that they can use now. That's in the cards as well. But quite frankly, I think they're going to turn our lights out. All right. What's a bully do when they want to scare you? Turn your lights out, create some chaos, create a bunch of noise, make you fearful. That's what they do. That's what bullies do. So this gives them cover for everything they need now. This gives them cover for a cyber pandemic, gives them cover to turn your lights off, gives them cover to turn your energy off, gives them cover to create shortages that they need, and they can blame Russia. And while you're too busy trying to figure out how to stay alive in all of this, the Hong Kong Chinese and the Taiwanese people get dragged off while we're in the dark. That's my guess. I don't know if that's accurate. I hope I'm wrong. But by Putin doing this in the Ukraine, this now get and no reaction from Beijing, but by Putin doing this to Ukraine and China saying nothing, of course, the China's not going to say anything. Of course, they just reaffirmed it today. They stand behind Putin in his decision that he's taking in Ukraine. You know what that means? That means they get a pass on Taiwan. That's what that means. I saw an article today. It was too rich. I, I think I want to say it was the New York Times. Biden called Xi and asked him to step in to stop Putin. The New York Times did a piece on that. I could not. Well, maybe I, I can't believe it. Obviously, China's no threat to us. They're, they're no problem. They're, they're good actors. I mean, we should bring them into the world stage and, and try to, uh, you know, uh, get them in, in world policy because, you know, it's time the developing country uh, step up and uh, act like an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a great idea to bring China in. When, you know, you, you see what they're doing to the Uyghurs, I mean, clearly they're, they're, they're ready. They're adults and ready for uh, whatever. I don't know. I, I don't have any more to, to be facetious on when it comes to that. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I want to play this clip here uh, because we are getting close to time. I want to play this clip here of uh, Jack Basobic on Steve Bannon's podcast. This is a few minutes long, but it's okay. I think they made some great points. But this is Jack Basobic's take on what they see coming and how much of a blunder this is. So it's not just us sitting here saying it. We're, we're not we're not military experts. We're not intelligence people or anything like that. We're just your average Joe. That, that's all we are. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, I had somebody tell me earlier today that uh, that I needed to go into politics and I just kind of laughed again. Somebody told me that they said, you can really make a difference. I said, you know what? I said, I don't have any interest in that. I said, but I tell you what I do have. I do have an interest on the other side of this, having a helping hand and making sure a system gets established to make sure we go in the right direction. That I'll do. I'm more than happy to do that. I'll volunteer whatever time, whatever effort it takes to see that that gets done at the local level. Again, uh, Jack Posobiec on uh, Steve Bannon's podcast. Well, Steve, you know, I say so many times when I talk about Poland, beautiful country, bad neighborhood. Uh, this is a situation that we've gotten into now. And we can't talk about this thing starting from chapter eight from the middle of it. You got to go back to the beginning. So do we condemn the butchery? Do we condemn the brutality that we're going to see? We do, obviously. But you got to talk about how we got here. And I think what Nigel said earlier was correct. They laid out the framework for this by increasing the tensions, just as Mearsheimer predicted, increasing the tensions rather than denying them an economic deal with Russia, denying them any economic ties, doing everything they could to steal the money from the people of Ukraine. Keep in mind, this is all about the elites on both sides. You got oligarchs in Russia, you got oligarchs in Russia or in Ukraine, you got oligarchs in Belarus. Do you think the people there want any of this? Do you think any of the civilian people, we talk about the Lao Beijing in China that are the subjects of the CCP, you've got the exact same thing here. These are autocratic regimes. The people there do not want fighting. They do not want more bloodshed. Yet that's what we're getting because they see 
that over in the White House, they have nothing but arrogance, hubris, greed, and weakness, complete weakness from this president who won't even do what needs to be done vis-a-vis, by the way, you're talking about sanctioning Russia? Yes, obviously. Where is the economic leverage on the CCP that is completely underwriting all of this? Jack, you know, unrestricted warfare, we talk about the three types of warfare are cyber slash information war, economic war, which are the sanctions, and then kinetic war. He's gone full kinetic right now. But you saw the White House, and you've got, you're the best source guy I know in this White House. Are they actually presenting Joe Biden with offensive capability on cyber, which I think are these are acts of war. Is that what they're talking about, an escalation? They're going to go soft on the sanctions, but power up on actually attacking Russia? And this is from MSNBC. It's their reporting, NBC News. Jack Posobiec. The geniuses, apparently, in the White House not only thought to present this escalatory action to the president, but then admit it to the media and leak it immediately. Like if you're gonna do something like that, at least do it as a gray zone operation. Don't admit that you're the ones behind it. Who do you think they're gonna retaliate against now if the power goes out in Moscow? If the lights go out, they're coming for the United States. Great job, CIA, great job, Intel community. You guys have blundered us into this the same way that you have driven China and Russia, two countries that could be natural rivals, natural competitors. You've driven them into the arms with your ridiculous foreign policy blunders. This will go down in history as the greatest foreign policy failure in in all of geopolitics, driving them together by choice, by choice. Real quickly, what do you mean when you say we've driven them together when he had the opportunity to do a reverse niction and pull Russia into our camp? Give me 30 seconds on China's underwriting this. And that's why these sanctions are not that effective. Jack Posobiec. About driving them together, we've done everything we could to exacerbate tensions. That was the whole point of Russiagate. That was the whole point of the Ukraine impeachment, the first one, Zelensky's call. That was the whole point of going after us when we had the laptop and all the information from Hunter Biden and the Biden family, the way that they treated Ukraine as their own personal piggy bank for money laundering. But instead, they've been working with China to build their new system, their parallel economy. You want to kick them out of SWIFT, what do you think One Belt, One Road is there for? They're already building this economy. So we are seeing a new structure of the world order. This is the fourth turning. This is the downfall of the neoliberal order. Eurasianism is running wild. Russia, Moscow is turning to the east, and they are trying to take Ukraine along with them. Final thoughts? I have to agree with him when he says that uh, the intelligence agencies blundered this, and now we're going to be the targets. Uh, Again, uh, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think that's intentional. To have a proper cyber pandemic, you need the Western world to be attacked by cyber. And what, I mean... (laughs) China and Russia has no qualm with uh, doing cyber attacks against uh, the West. We've already seen it. Ransomware organizations are uh, supposedly out of out of uh, Russia, uh, the, the problematic ones. Supposedly, it was a Russian uh, um, ransomware group that hit the uh, Eastern pipeline here in the U.S. Uh, supposedly, it's Russia that's doing this, which I, I don't think that pipeline was a um, Russian thing. I think that was them trying to trigger more or trigger something with Russia to try to instigate something, accusing Russia of doing it when they did it themselves. It was an, I think that was an internal thing. They were paid off with Monero and you can't track that to a wallet and then steal it back from the wallet. And it just, it doesn't work that way. So the, the, the fact that they were able to recover all the, all, all the uh, cryptocurrency that was paid off to those ransom. No, that that's BS. So it was, it was an internal job. So yeah, I think this is this is all just more of a game. This is more of the Great Reset, the Fourth Industrial Revolution uh, nonsense. You know, one of the things that really bothers me about all this, and I, I mean all this, I'm talking about everything that's been encompassed in the last two going on three years now. Everything with COVID, everything with uh, now this, and then of course this this cyber nonsense we're going to be dealing with, and everything else we're going to deal with going forward until this calms down. All of this could have been prevented. All of this. I don't believe that you could do anything to the financial markets. That's going to come down regardless. As a matter of fact, I mean, that I've said it so many times here until I'm blue in the face, that should have come down 
in 2008. That's when it should have happened. We wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for that. That should have been taken care of. This kinetic war, do we really want another kinetic war? You just heard, Pacel Bacon, we've been saying, echoing the same things. Nobody here wants war. Nobody. The only people that want it are these sycophants that are running us that don't speak for us anymore. They want war. I once heard Pat Buchanan say that if we didn't have private bankers and most of these governments around the world running the show, we probably wouldn't have war. I'm beginning to believe that he was correct. COVID-19, maybe that was inevitable. I don't know. Maybe it was a ticking time bomb, as we stated in the beginning. Maybe it was deliberately done. I don't know. I don't know. But it wasn't COVID-19. That's not what the problem was. The problem was the response to it. Again, that could have been prevented. Cyber attacks, that could be prevented. But it's not going to be. As we move forward with this, whatever this is that's happening, whatever you want to call it, fourth turning, fourth industrial revolution, great reset, whatever you want to call it, it's up to you. One thing is for sure, at least from my standpoint, one thing's for sure. As somebody that likes to get to the truth of the matter and to the heart of the matter and is fascinated by history, I want to know on the other side of this, I want to know why simple things, simple solutions to take preventative measures to this type of monstrosity, why this was allowed to continue. There are other ways that this could have been done. I understand what's being done. I'm aware of what's being done. But I'm also aware of what could have been done to prevent what is being done. And I want to know why. That might carry me for the rest of my days. It might be a, an answer to a question that I will never get. But one thing is for sure, and I've talked about this privately to Bruce behind the scenes, and I'll say it here. There are steps that were taken that we have been dealing with and we're going to deal with, the consequences of which will carry on for generations that are unforgivable. And I want to know why. So that's all the time we have for today uh, and this week. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. If you're listening to us on Monday, have a great evening, and we will see you tomorrow.